Hello and welcome to The Shepherd's Voice, the podcast of Catoctin Covenant Presbyterian Church here in Percival, Virginia. My name is Ben Franks and I'm here with Pastor Charles Biggs. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Our question today comes from a listener who says, uh, I recently watched a video about how the church in North America has a reputation problem, often perceived as racist or xenophobic or self-pitying, etc. The video cited a survey in which one-third of non-Christians said they would be interested in the Christian faith if Christianity had a better reputation. The conclusion was that Christians need to actively work to improve our reputation in the world. It makes sense that a good reputation is helpful for evangelism. However, the Bible is clear that we should not expect the world to hold Christianity in high regard. So my question is, how much should Christians actually be concerned with the reputation of the church and Christianity in the larger culture? Uh, this is a great question, and we'd like to kind of have a bit of a conversation about this. Mm. Uh, Pastor Biggs, would you start just by maybe giving us kind of a five-minute overview of what does the Bible kind of brace us to expect in terms of the church's mission and reception uh, in the world? Well, thank you. <clears throat> it is an excellent question and one we need to prayerfully consider. I think the first thing that comes to mind is the kingdom itself. As we step back and look at the way the kingdom comes into this present age from the old covenant to the time of fulfillment uh, in the new covenant era in which we live, uh, we see the the kingdom coming um, uh, through God's power uh, by his spirit, uh, both in salvation and in judgment. And so as God's people, we've always been called to consider ourselves exiles who've yet to make it to our homeland. And as exiles uh, in this present age, whether in the old covenant or the new, we're to expect that we can be a blessing uh, to uh, our cultures uh, as a countercultural covenantal kingdom people. That is our primary calling. But there will also be a, a stirred up a kind of antagonism. We will be antagonistic against the culture because we're, we're, we're just that. We're countercultural. The way that we think is God-centered. Uh, the way that we orient our hearts and our lives is, is toward uh, the living God, is taking our marching orders from him ultimately. Um, I think of Jeremiah 29, the way that the Israelites were called to be a blessing to the city, to the culture, by living out their lives faithfully each and every day by making uh, known uh, the, the fact that they were for the culture, they were for the cities in which they lived as exiles. Uh, they were for the cities, but they were against the cities. They were literally against the sinful tendencies of the cities in order to be for them, in order to promote a salvation, in order to uh, demonstrate to them uh, what we were created for. And so in that Jeremiah passage in chapter 29, we're told that we're to pray for the cities and that in the city's welfare and in the country's welfare, in the culture's welfare, we'll find our own welfare. And it's in that place in Jeremiah 29, 11, where God says that he will give us a hope and that that hope is not here, but it is eternal. So I think the first thing that comes to mind is a kingdom orientation, because with the coming of Christ, when he came preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, there was more of an urgency mm-hmm. of of the fact that Jesus and his people and his kingdom were bringing salvation. But there was also judgment for those who would reject, those who would uh, turn away from that salvation found in Christ alone. And so, again, 
you've got a heightened sense in the New Testament era in which we live, in which we desire to pray for those around us. We desire to be a countercultural covenantal kingdom people in our primary calling, but we also know that there's going to be antagonism. Remember some of the final words of Jesus uh, in John's gospel, in chapters 13 uh, through 16 particularly, where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, particularly so that we'll know that he is with us, that when we undergo opposition uh, in our faithfulness, particularly in our evangelism or in our prayers uh, for the culture, in our seeking uh, to do good um, and to be a blessing, we'll also undergo opposition. In fact, he tells us in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. I think the Spirit also is, uh, we're reminded of the Holy Spirit's importance in that he will help develop our character as the people of God. And that means that we'll live as a repentant people. We'll live as those people who are um, regularly asking forgiveness publicly, as we do in our worship service, but also privately. Lord, forgive me for the times that I've displeased you, for my disobedience. Forgive me for the times um, I have been a racist uh, in my hearts against anyone who's different from me. Lord, forgive me for my self-righteousness. Uh, Lord, forgive me for these things. The church should always uh, be repentant, and I think that emphasizes the Spirit's work. But <clears throat> um, at the same time, we have to remember that Jesus told us that when we face uh, the the reality of hostile culture, that we be dependent upon him for our proper answers to the culture, that he would uh, tell us and teach us what to say in the, in the proper time and that he would uphold us and encourage us. So there's this kingdom picture we want to understand that as reputation is concerned, we're wanting to be faithful. And when, as the kingdom comes, as we're seeking to be faithful, we know that there will be salvation for many, but also judgment as well. And that will bring both blessing and hostility. And we do the best we can to ask the Spirit to develop character, to make us bold and faithful, to make us humble, to make us repentant people. And I think that's what we're called to um, in any time in which we live, but particularly in these last days in which we live, as the Bible says. That's very helpful, and I think it draws out uh, the complexity of these issues. I think we often want a simple, uh, you know, kind of two-dimensional um, picture of the world that we can just work with, either mm -hmm. that if we're nice to, to them and, and loving and kind people, then then we'll be accepted and, and received um, or this kind of two dimensional sense that, um, you know, the church is always going to be opposed. And our job is is to be, you know, the um, the, the the sand and, and the oyster kind of thing mm -hmm. and uh, just just be that irritant and, 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 and lean into that and expect martyrdom at every turn. Um, but really what you're what you're drawing out is that uh, the church's relationship to the world is is multi-dimensional it's a three-dimensional thing yes and and it requires great wisdom mm. to know how we are to live and so just thinking about taking this question um as an individual christian or as an individual church uh, i think it's helpful for us to to start by looking at what the bible lays out which we've just kind of given an overview of uh, of what our relationship is to be to the world, and then taking that and, and kind of laying that on top of our own lives mm -hmm. or or the life and ministry of our church. We've all got our own personalities, and, and each church has its own personality. And and just to ask ourselves, 
um, is the complexity and 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 three dimensionality, if we can use that phrase, mm-hmm. uh, of the biblical picture reflected in how I interact with the culture or how our church interacts with the culture. Um, yes. Some 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 people are 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 going to always find themselves in conflict, always be thinking of themselves as the martyr, and um and, and aren't aren't bothered by the fact that maybe there's great offense. Um, but the the of course the biblical question is, um, are people being offended for the right reasons? So we we shouldn't be mm-hmm. controlled by the fear that people won't like us. Um, but we want to also be concerned that the offense is the offense of the gospel, not the offense of our own sin or our own pride or our own lack of care or, or concern. Um, I think some of that tension is drawn out in bringing together, you know, Christ's words in John, as you said. Jesus tells us, you know, don't expect people to, to, to speak well of you. Um, beware when all people speak well of you. And then Paul will also hold out for the leaders of the church. Um, when you're looking for men who are gifted to lead in the church, look for people who are spoken well of by outsiders. Yes. And so there's a little bit of this uh, both and there. But I think it just it, it, it convicts all of us, doesn't it? Because mm-hmm. some personalities um, are, are always looking to be accepted by the culture and will think that we can kind of out nice the culture. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to be reminded, if, if that's our tendency, that um, we are against the world to be for the world. Yes. We are exiles here. We're, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. And the otherworldly nature of the Christian faith is always going to put us at odds at some level with those around us. And as Jesus himself said, he was the only man who was ever perfectly loving, perfectly compassionate, um, perfectly embodied obedience to the law and and all the things we strive for. And yet at every turn, people are plotting to kill him. And so we need to hear that if our tendency is to think, if I can just be nice or volunteer at the soup kitchen or, you know, help tutor at the school, that that then the, the world will come with open arms and embrace us. Uh, but then the flip side of that, of course, is if we're someone that always finds ourselves in conflict yeah. and maybe enjoys that and and likes to kind of be the provocateur, um, are we are we also matching the life and ministry of Jesus? Are we also showing the world that we are against them in a sense that we're different, but we're against them so that we can be for them? We're, we're, we're countercultural, yes. um, not just because we're against the kingdoms of this world, but because we are uh, ambassadors and representatives of the greater kingdom which God is even now bringing in the world. Yes. And so these are really helpful questions for us to think about as individuals uh, and as churches through the lens of Scripture. Yes, I, I think uh, you know we could close this with a picture of Jesus um, at the judgment before Pilate. In the Gospel account, uh, we see Jesus um, who is gentle, and loving and yet speaking the truth to all, even challenging the sins. And he has been characterized by this faithfulness uh, for three years of ordained public ministry. People know him for who he is, for his character, for his gentleness, but for also his faithfulness to God's word. He's bringing salvation and judgment. And what you see at his judgment there before Pilate is that Pilate and Herod become friends that day. You have this alliance of sinful judgment against Jesus. Two men, powerful men of the culture, who knew Jesus was innocent, who knew that Jesus was good, and who judged him that day and formed an alliance uh, together with many who were saying, crucify him, crucify him that day, um, who brought about God's purpose and plan. But I think it gives us a picture of how we're to be as the church. 
gentle Jesus, full of the Spirit, speaking the truth in love, boldly, without being ashamed, while at the same time many forming alliances against us, those unlikely alliances like Herod and Pilate, who would become friends. And I think that's a picture of what we're up against, that we want to continue to seek the kingdom first and be faithful to our first calling as countercultural kingdom that's very helpful if you'd like to learn more about this and many other topics you can find uh, lots of resources at our church website www.katoctin.org that's www.k-e-t-o-c-t-i-n if you found this episode to be useful then we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends and as always we encourage you to join us for our next episode of the shepherd's voice